All right, guys. Well, turn your Bibles to um, Matthew chapter 28. And um, we'll jump in. I appreciate Lenny uh, preaching last Sunday. I heard he did an awesome job. You guys had some time of prayer, which is really cool. Um, And uh, really exciting about hearing different voices uh, speak on being a hometown missionary. Um, So we've been going through this book, of course, and uh, if you would like to pick up the book, you can go back there and pick up the book and follow along with us. It's been a very inspiring time for me to go through it. I hope it's been helpful for you. And I want to encourage you, if you are, if you haven't read up to, you know, the chapter that we're on, which is coming up, the presence of Jesus, right? Um, Just jump in where we are, okay? Don't feel bad. Jump in where we are. Um, And again... It's not about perfection. It's about getting the heart of a missionary, getting the life of a missionary. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's hard to get on board with a program of the church. Do you know what I mean? Well, this is a program of the church here. What, what is this? You know, I have my plan for reading the Bible. Why are you messing it up, Glenn? <laughs> you know? Um, and, and some of us are like, you know, I'm trying to just read a scripture you know, let alone a whole chapter, Glenn, you know. I already finished school. Why are you giving me more homework, Glenn? You know, and I get that. I understand that. But I want to encourage you that, you know, that we're going to keep on growing as Christians, right? There's an individual in our fellowship right now who's trying to read the Bible three times this year all the way through. And I don't want to lift, I don't want to tell you who it is because I want the, the, the glory to go to God. But the truth is, that's super convicting. If someone's going after that, whoa. If someone's going after that, um, hopefully there's no epileptic things going on here. Um, we have a couple nurses on, on site here, though, if you need any help, um, which is great. Uh, but again, I just want to encourage us, give your heart to God. Give your heart to uh, being a missionary. And use the book as you see fit. I know, um, I just want to encourage us to, to really continue on with this. Amen? Amen. Um, so we've been going through this book. We've been thinking about uh, this scripture this week about the gospel. Seeing the gospel from a whole viewpoint differently, right? That was what this chapter, this week was about. And he, he shares this scripture. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. You know, that you have an inheritance that's so rich and so glorious and so amazing in the gospel. You know, I was driving, uh, we were driving uh, uh, up the, you know, the bridge, Casco Bridge, and someone had Romans 1.16 on their license plate. And I was like, see, Maine is not godless. Maine is God's faith, you know, and and, and someone had that on there. And I was so fired up. And, and I know the scripture. And I think we do too. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, right? Because it's the power of God, right? The, a righteousness that is from, by faith. Amen? Amen. And that's encouraging for the Gentile and the Jew, you know? And it's so encouraging that, that the gospel is a message of news. That it's not history, right? right. That it's news. You know, and we think about news. It's, it's, people think that the gospel is fake news, but it's real news. Amen. 
It's the realest news out there. And news is supposed to impact you now. Right? Not history is meant to just be read and, and kind of heard about. This, the gospel message is not history. That was really yeah. powerful for me. Yeah. The gospel message is news. Yeah. News impacts. You know, when you heard about Colby, right? Some of us, you know, don't, didn't really impact them as much. But it impacted me. That kind of news. You know, Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. That's news that needs to impact us. Yeah. Now, today, right? right? And so he talks about um, just the gospel and, and how to see the gospel from a holistic point of view. The spirit, right? How the spirit was always on creation, right? Out there. He's, it's omnipresent, right? And the spirit's moving all the time to impact, right? Thank you, bro. Um, <clears throat> every time I see a floating thing like that, I want to suck the helium and talk funny. I don't know what it is. It's part of my childlike spirit. But, you know, um, but yeah, the spirit's everywhere, right? And it's always a- abound us. And it's, it's, it's moving in people's lives 24-7. You know, that's, that's impactful. You know, and, and, and as you talk to people, you see people sharing stuff. Even just Sarah talking about her conversion. The Spirit was moving and convicting her. I don't even know when that happened. But the Spirit does. We didn't set up the service so that it would impact Sarah. But the Spirit did the work. And and that we don't have to do as much work. Sometimes we think about missionary. We're like, oh, that's a lot of work. But just know that the Spirit's doing a lot of the work. Most of the work for us. Amen? Amen? Then creation, that God is speaking through his creation. Amen? All around us, we see, you know, God's power in creation gives us no excuse, the Bible says, right? right. Then the fall, just understanding that, that in the good news, there's some bad news, that we fell, right? And that ultimately we are in our sins still, and we need that redemption, right? Being paid uh, for taking us out of enslavement. Amen? Amen. And that's redemption. And then, uh, this is my favorite one, the restoration of all things. Wow, that's a really inspiring study in the Bible. So I hope you had an enriching time. You know, I think I've, you know, he said one of our ambitions is that the gospel would be changed forever in your life. I don't know if I felt that as much, but I certainly got some different viewpoints of the gospel that were helpful for me this week. Amen. Um, you know, we're going into how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We're going into the feet portion, you know, and, and, and that's exciting. And I want to encourage us to be praying about that. Amen. Amen. Today, we're going to talk about a very interesting subject. The title of my message is Worshiping Doubters. <laughs> Worshiping Doubters. Does that even make sense to you? Is that something that you can relate to? Being, how do you worship and doubt at the same time? Well, the Bible talks about this. And let's go to Matthew chapter 28. If we're not there already, starting in verse 16, we read a very interesting passage. This is right after Jesus uh, resurrects, amen? amen, from the dead and gave many convincing proof. And he's like, meet me on the mountain, right? And they're up there with Jesus, seeing the resurrected Jesus. What would that be like, by the way? What if Justin died and then we see him resurrected? He was like, guys, I'm here. What's going on? 
Maybe he's just, you know, glowing a little bit more, you know, and, you know, maybe he's playing harmonica a little bit more peppy, you know, and, you know, he's here and, and he's, you know, he would definitely be on a boat, right? And he'd definitely be on the sea like Jesus was. But like thinking about that, what were the disciples thinking? And it's so good to get in the minds of the disciples. Amen. So let's try to do that as we as we get into this message, this short little message today. Verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Read that again. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, let me help you with your doubt, guys. Let's go through an apologetic series on the resurrection, uh, the belief in God. We'll talk about all the different, you know, questions you have. No, did Jesus do that? No, he said, all authority in heaven has been given to me on earth in heaven. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, <laughs> baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. What? You know, sometimes, isn't Jesus amazed you on the things he calls us to do? You don't understand, Jesus. I'm still getting doubt here. I'm still feeling doubt. I don't know if I have enough faith to share. Jesus is like, I appreciate that. Guess what? Your doubt doesn't uh, intimidate me. What you're going through right now doesn't intimidate me. Well, you don't understand, Jesus. I I can't do that. Go make disciples of all nations. And then he says something interesting. Don't you know I have all power and authority? Wait, don't you know that I have all power and authority? That's why I can t- call you to great things. Right. Not because of you, because how awesome I am. Amen. Because of the authority and power that I have. See, today we're going to talk about worshiping doubters. Who's a worshiping doubter? Raise your hand. <laughs> I think all of our hands should yeah. go up. Because if you're honest with yourself, you still have doubts. Is this real? I mean, I'm like 90% sure this is real. But then there's like that 10% that you're like... And that's when I talk about, you know, the different philosophers that say it's better to at least believe and be wrong than, you know, to believe, not believe and be, you know, wrong. So I choose to believe. You know, we we talk ourselves through things, don't we? Your faith doesn't grow without doubt. Did you know that? When you stifle your doubts, you're stifling your faith. We need to start bringing up our doubt to the front. You know, even Sarah sharing, you know, God, I'm, 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 I'm a disciple now. Why don't you make me full time? You know, and that's something that happens to us, right? Gideon said if... if God called him a mighty warrior. And Gideon said, if God is with us, why is all this happening? You know, I'm, I'm up here, just, you know, threshing the wheat in, in secret so they don't take our food. If you're with us, why? You know, 
Are you comfortable with being a worshiping doubter? It's time to get comfortable with that. See, we, that's what stops us on the mission field. We think we need to figure out our doubts before we go. And Jesus says, no, go. I'll teach you about faith as you go. Amen. You know, so my first little point here is um, faith is not black and white. Now, in this scripture, it is black and white. <laughs> but it's not black and white. And, and I want to encourage you with that. that. That's how we think, though. We think very black and white. Even in this postmodern age, we think very black and white. I either believe or I don't. That person's agnostic. That person's atheist. They don't believe in God. And we think that way about ourselves. I did a Bible discussion group one time called God Doesn't Believe in Atheists. One of my favorite Bible discussion groups. We had atheists there. I said, you're not atheists. And you're like, yes, I am atheist. You're not atheists. Have you ever prayed? Yes. Well, then what's that about? You know, and they're like, yeah, I mean, I've decided that I'm atheist. Everyone has faith, and it's at a different point. Amen? And that's kind of what he says, the spirit through creation. Everyone is on their journey, right? And even us as Christians, we can't think, oh, I'm fired up for God, and I'm ready to go share my faith now. We think we need to be here. We have this vision of ourselves that's like super faith person. Now I understand all that is in the will of God. Now I can go and help people. Because now I am fully grown spiritual man or spiritual woman. You know, I know all the studies by heart. And I know 10 Old Testament prophecies of the Christ. And I read the Bible three times this year. (laughs) And I haven't missed one meeting of the body. And I haven't had a doubt this whole week. Last week, though, I had a lot of doubts. But this week, I don't have any doubts. This is the week I'm going to go share my faith. And then what happens? Wah, wah, wah. Something discouraging happens to you and you go, well, maybe next week, Lord. Maybe next week I'll go. You know, these disciples were not in the best place. Think about that for a second. They just deserted their Lord. And then he came back and said, guys, just kidding. I'm here. You know, your mind plays tricks on you. Wouldn't it play tricks on you? Is this a ghost? I mean, does he, is he really real? What were they talking about? I wish there was more dialogue. You know, you know, doubt doesn't always come from the belief of God. It sometimes comes from belief in ourselves. Well, I know God's awesome, you know, and, and, you know, I know Bob Owens, he's pretty awesome. But me, I'm doubting that if God can use me. Doubt is very, very colorful, isn't it? You know, um, I just want to encourage you that this scripture proves and takes away all excuse for us. That you need to go. Guess what? That's how you grow in your faith by going. You don't know how many times I have fallen on my face spiritually. You've seen it here. Many of us know where I have been, and you've seen me fall on my face. I remember I was a three-month-old Christian, and I thought, 
I, had, I was on the basketball team and, and there was a, a, a football player who was Muslim. And he was like, you and I should talk about the Bible. And I was like, yes, we should. <laughs> because I shall convert you with all my scripture and understanding. And he's like, let's see it together. I was like, great, what's your name? He's like, Muhammad. I was like, okay, the guy's name is Muhammad. He's like, yeah, I'll bring my Bible. I go, he's got a Bible? What's up with that? So he brings his Bible, and he's got a, he read it more than I did. And he's like, let's go through the Bible. And he starts basically really coming at me with that, that Moses wasn't talking about the prophet Jesus. He was talking about the prophet Muhammad. And they're more similar than Jesus. And I didn't know my Bible. I didn't understand that. I was like, huh? That the advocate wasn't the Holy Spirit, that it was Muhammad. And I was like, oh. And that Jesus never ever said he was God in the Gospels. And look at all the contradictions in the Bible. And he had them all listed. And I was like, I felt like Rocky and Clubber Lang the first bout. He's like, come here, fool. Come here, fool. Come here, fool. I got you. I got you. I got you. And I was like, you know, just getting wrecked. I thought this was an expedition fight. I thought we were supposed to take it easy. You know, you know what, did, what did they say to Clubber Lang? You know, what do you expect from this match, Clubber Lang? And he's like, pain. You know, that's what happened. You know, I came home with my tail between the legs. It started raining on me. I started praying. God, did I join the wrong religion? I've lost so many friends because I'm trying to follow Jesus. What if Muhammad is the prophet? And I'm walking home, praying to God, please give me a sign. I get on my knees, I start praying, God, please help me figure this out. Allah, God, whoever you are, please teach me. I don't want to be wrong. I want to be right with you, Lord. I don't care if I have to do crazy stuff. You know I've already done those crazy things. I'll do it. So I, I started reading the book of Jude, which is the shortest book in the Bible. I thought, let's start there. So I started reading through Jude out loud. And at the end of Jude, it's very interesting what it says. Um, and I don't know what led me to Jude. You know how that is. I think I just opened my Bible and started reading. And in verse 25, it says, To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, and power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. And I said, Amen. When I said, Amen, some people heard the story. A lightning storm was happening. It hit the transformer in my dorm room and shut off all the lights. And I was like, what was that about? Next Sunday, I, I got myself, I pulled myself up and got to Sunday service. You know how that is. And the guy was like, you know, we're doing the series on service, but I changed my mind last minute. We're doing a whole series. And I didn't tell anyone this because, you know, you don't tell people about your doubts. That's embarrassing. You know, and, and so they said, we're going to go through. I remember Tracy Lahr, actually. We're going to go through the divinity of Jesus and why Jesus is the only way. And I was like, for 10 weeks. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's so cool. So then I got my faith back and I went back to Mohammed. I said, Mohammed, let's get back together again. <laughs> and it was like, you know, he was like, you've gotten much stronger, you know. 
You know, and I was like, yes, I did, you know. And so we had a great discussion. And, and I love that about our country is we can have those kind of discussions with our faith, right? But wouldn't you know it, four years from there, I'm on a plane going to a Muslim country where I am now bringing Muslims to Christ. Dozens and dozens of them. You see how God works with doubts? But if I didn't go, church, I wouldn't have had that experience. And guess what? You're going to have to get Club Lang sometimes. But just know you have us here with you to teach you. You got to jump in the fight. When was the last time you were in a fight with for souls? That's how you overcome your doubt. Not by just, hmm, let me think. (laughs) You know, he loves me, he loves me not. I believe, I believe not. Thinking paralysis of analysis. That can happen to us. We have to get in the fight. Jesus knows you got to go. You you can't just sit back. You got to go. And so I want to encourage us as we're about to go into the feet. Do I think there's a lot of doubters in this room? Yes. The apostles were doubters. I mean, they saw Jesus walk on water. They saw Jesus transfigured before their faces. They saw Jesus feed 5,000 people. They saw Jesus heal people, raise people up from the dead, make them mute to be able to speak again, and the blind be able to see. Demons come out of people. So do you think you're going to have some doubts? Jesus says, go make disciples. I'll be with you. See, that's why we can go. Not because we're awesome. Not because we have great faith. Actually, your faith needs to grow a lot. That's why we have doubts. Don't be afraid of doubting. Amen. Amen? Amen. Just go. Just go. Just go. You know, I love this. He says, he who's seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. This is about the restoration. You know, whether I believe or not, God's going to make everything new. It's pretty amazing. Because Jesus has all authority in heaven. Who speaks like that? Well, what about, you know, all the conflict in this world? God's like, don't worry about it. I have all authority in heaven and earth. Who's going to be president in 2020? God's like, relax. I have all authority. Guess who's going to be president? I am. Of the whole universe. Relax. You know, they're pawns. They're not kings. There's only one king here. Amen. And that's me. That's what he said. He said, no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and Lamb will be in the city and the servants will serve him. I love that. No longer will there be any curse. You know, we live in a cursed world right now. And God says, through his all-power authority, no longer will there be any curse. Just wait a little longer, church. Just wait a little longer. Jesus has all authority. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. And actually, he goes through this in the first chapter. But I thought it was interesting to just read through this chapter about God's authority. Amen? God's amazing authority. Jesus' authority. On earth, before his resurrection. Think about that. How much more after his resurrection? This is before his resurrection. Right? Let's go to verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over the other side. 
Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. The winds died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. Then they went across a lake to the region of Gennesarens. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. He had often chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For he said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. And the impure spirits came out, went into the pigs. The herds, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When he came to Jesus, they saw the man who had possessed by the legions of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, drinking a latte. No, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people who had happened to be demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had deemed possessed begged him to go. Jesus did not let him go. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the, te- the Decapolis, or ten cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. When Jesus had... Uh, again crossed the, by boat to the other side of the lake. A large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the uh, synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that, you will he- that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And the woman who was there, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, when she suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had yet instead of getting better she got worse when she heard about Jesus she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I just touch his clothes I will be healed immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering at once Jesus realized the power had gone out from him he turned around into the crowd and said who touched my clothes you see the people crowding around you, his disciples asked, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace 
and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some of the people from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, said, Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, Don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw the commotion with the people crying and wailing loudly. When he, when he went in and said to them, Why are all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them out, he took the ch- child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talatha koam, which means a little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. And, and at this, they were completely astonished. They give, he gave strict orders not to tell anyone about this and told them to give her something to eat. This is, I just read half of chapter, one and a half chapters of the Bible, of the Gospels. And when we think about Jesus having all authority, it's amazing, isn't it? Jesus has authority over nature. Jesus has the power over the demons, all the demons. He has authority over all the demons. He has authority over every sickness and disease. He has authority over anything that ails us or causes us to suffer. Jesus even has authority over death. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. But you don't understand, Jesus. My friends are not open. You don't understand the nature of my situation. Jesus says, I've overcome nature. I have all authority. But you don't understand, Jesus. I'm going through a sickness, and, and I'm even wounded spiritually. I've been helping people, and, and, and people walk away from God, and it wounds me. Jesus says, I can heal all the suffering. I have a power and authority over that. Amen. You know, you don't understand. There's people that are just so not open in this city. They're practically dead, and Jesus says, I raise the dead. Don't you know who I am? No person, no church, no movement has the power. Only Jesus does. You know, and this Jesus who has all authority in heaven is with you, church. In you, church. He follows you around everywhere, speaking through you, using your body as his temple, using your body as the new ministry of him. When you cross over 295, It's like Jesus crossing over that lake. And he wants to use you to do the same things. And he even said, you'll do greater things than me. Amen? You know, we just read this passage. I want to encourage you, church. We can be doubters and we can worship. Because Jesus has all authority, he can tell us, go. We'll figure it out along the way. Amen? Amen. Does that not empower you? I just want to end with the fact and I love this little picture Jesus is here and we're the little children holding his hands where are we going to Jesus we're going to go raise someone from the dead today where are we going Jesus we're going to go heal someone's suffering today where are we going Jesus you'll find out but I doubt Jesus yeah I know we're about to help you with that doubt 
you know, without going through the storms, without going, the disciples would have never understood about their faith. You know, Joshua 1 verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord our God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither heights nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. Amen? Amen. You know, as you think about this, I just want to encourage you that God is with you. That God, he only works with worshiping doubters. You know, if, if you're not a worshiping doubter, you're not even in the ball game. Because all of us doubt. And the apostles doubted. And I just want to remind you, they had great faith. Remember, one of them walked on the water. And there were times Jesus turned to them and said, you have no faith. I mean, that's kind of rough to say to someone. You have no faith. To Jesus, he's so amazing that our little faith is just like a mustard seed. You go, that guy's got great faith. Jesus is like, he's all right. Let's get him on the boat when it's stormy. Then we'll see where his faith is. Actually, we're about to do that next month. Let's see how it happens. For us all, don't be discouraged about your doubts. Lean into it. Go, you know, remember that Jesus only works with worshiping doubters. Believing that God can raise the dead, believing Jesus is alive today will change the world more than anything else. Remember who is with you and you will be able to go and make disciples. Amen. Amen.